Dr. Marty's suggestions are intended to take the place of formal in-office therapy and are for informational and educational purposes only, not an attempt to correct long-standing serious problems which should only be done under the care of a licensed mental health professional. The doctor is in. Welcome to Ask Dr. Marty on 107.9 WOLD, a weekly program focusing on you, your marriage, and more. Dr. Marty Tashman combines compassion, insight, and training with over 30 years of experience. Dr. Marty is a licensed marriage and family counselor, as well as a clinical social worker in New Jersey, a board-certified diplomat and author. It has been his mission to help couples stay together happily through difficult times while improving their quality of life. More information is available on his website, yourmarriagecounselor.com. Join Dr. Marty Tashman live on the Oldies 107.9 WOLD talk line at 732-748-1079. 732-748-1079. Now, here's Dr. Marty. Hi there. This is Dr. Marty on my Tuesday night time. It's 7 o'clock and we'll be together between 7 and 7.30. And you just have to look outside to get a sense of how it's going so far. There are a lot of things are going on in the world. One thing is for sure. It's getting brighter later and later. And I don't know about you, but it sure helps me. There's something called seasonal affective disorder, which we a lot of us are afflicted by, or if it's damp or rainy. But think of it this way. It's getting brighter, longer. I think it was 545 that it's getting bright. And soon it'll be 6 and 7. And so just to share with you my favorite time of the year, is the shortest day of the year because every day after that is longer anyway who the heck am i which is a question i ask myself all the time i have a doctorate in psychology i also am a licensed marriage and family counselor if i'm permitted permitted to toot my own horn i'm one of the few people who have a phd in clinical psychology and also have been doing this for 30 years written a whole bunch of books on infidelity living with a difficult person, which we're going to be spending some time together with, or shrink talk, living with a borderline personality. And if you stay tuned, I will give you a special offer at the end of this program, and I have another announcement to share with you. So, and also I keep forgetting to to let you know is you can text me at 732-246-8484-732-246-8484. And I'll be glad to answer your text. Or, as the man in the beginning said, you can call me on the talk line at 732-748-1079. 732-748-1079. So, if you've got anything you would like to comment on or any questions you have, give me a call, give me a text, and let's see what we can figure out. You have a real live breathing shrink on the line here who is glad to talk with you. We are going to spend some time today on part two of my spouse, my parent, my child is a very difficult person to live with, taken from the title of my book, dealing with a borderline personality, what do I do now? If you or 
someone you know is a borderline personality. We talked about that last time, about what a borderline personality is for sure, or a difficult person that you know for definite. You are not alone in terms of the person that you're with or the person that you know, etc. If you've ever heard of uh, Britney Spears or Angelina Jolie or Robin Williams, all those folks have been categorized as being borderline personalities. So let's jump into, and I want to make a distinction. One of the things we do here on the program is we talk about practical, specific things that you can do regarding any of the issues, if it's addiction, if it's relationships. And tonight, what are practical things you can do if, not if you're the borderline personality, but if you have the um, questionable fortune of being connected with having a boyfriend, girlfriend, having a husband, wife, that is a borderline personality, somebody who is never wrong, somebody who thinks the world revolves around them, somebody who is prone to emotional outbursts. If you know anybody like that who's holding a high political office, I won't comment like I didn't comment last time, but let's talk about it just in case you or you know someone who's having it. There are things that you can do that can make a difference in terms of dealing with the borderline personality. So if you have a pencil or if you miss it, it'll also be on my site, yourmarriagecounselor.com. But quickly, here they are, and then I'll go into some depth. You can, first of all, you have to develop a positive self-image. You have to learn to, secondly, depersonalize, step outside of yourself and be able to deal with the aggressive behavior of the person who's borderline. You also need to learn how to deal with, the, with your anger and their anger. You learn, need how to set boundaries, to deal with issues of feeling of abandonment, to deal with conflict, and when and how to be empathetic. Now, I went just through that list very quickly, but let's dig a little bit deeper into that list. Let's start with a self-image checkup. The place here to start for a non-borderline personality is to do a personal inventory. The non-borderline personality has to ask themselves on a scale of 1 to 10, how good do I feel about myself? If the answer is less than a 7, there's some work to be done, some pick and shovel work to take care of. The entire field, and you can look this up on your own, of positive psychology, that's positive psychology, is dedicated in large part to helping individuals develop that positive self-image. You got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Then people gonna treat you better. You're gonna find, yes you will, that you're beautiful as you feel. All right, to be beautiful as you seem on the inside as well as the outside. Here are some things that you can do that you can be proud of yourself. Look for small things that you can do that makes you feel good about what you can accomplish. There's nothing that makes you feel as terrific about yourself as accomplishing a task well. And the problem with that sometimes is people do a task well and what they do well, they tend to limit and diminish and minimize. And what they do poorly, they tend to maximize and throw it up on a large screen. Do what you can do well and celebrate that. Next, find friends and family that will encourage you. Even if you're going through a hard time, not people who will tell you what to do, but people who will support your decision no matter what. 
And the idea is to notice are people who are always putting you down. Hopefully it's not family, but sometimes that's the case. The more you surround yourself with positive people, the better you're going to feel. Another piece that I've mentioned in other broadcasts is acts of kindness. The, the non-borderline personality will feel so much better. And this isn't just Dr. Marty. This is very clear, strong research. When you do something good for somebody else, you feel a lot better about yourself. Next, and these are simple things that you can do that before you even enter into therapy. Next thing you can do is notice what you say to yourself. Notice the negative things you say to yourself. And we're in therapy with somebody and they talk about how they put themselves down and I go, well, what's the conversation in your head? All of a sudden there's a blank stare, they're not paying attention, and they're not aware of the conversation in their head. But not just crazy people, we all talk to ourselves. We all, I mean, how do you know to get up to walk across the room, except your brain says, Dr. Marty, doesn't say Dr. Marty, we're on first name basis, says, Marty, get up and walk across the room or move your fingers or turn the pages. Everything is communicated through language in our head. We have to learn what the conversation is and then flip it around. Notice the negative voice, and once you notice the negative voice, then what you do is find an answer to it. Interestingly enough, when I'm talking to somebody in therapy, I say to them, well, what are you saying? They take a minute or so, and they finally come up with what they're saying. Then I say to them, well, what could you say to yourself? There is dead silence for a full 10 to 25 seconds. They have no idea. Now, we wonder why we have a negative self-image when we, have, have, we don't even know we talk to ourselves in a down way, let alone think about what we could do to answer that conversation. Talking to yourself is a great exercise to do to be able to feel better about yourself and to be pleased with yourself. Again, notice the self-talk, and once you notice the self-talk, notice the kind of conversation you want to end up with. Talk to me. say that you're working on, like I'm fighting all the time with losing weight. Let's say you're, you're working on that. And for me, what I do is have a conversation with myself ahead of time, but I'm going to broaden it out. We're not only going to talk to you 101, we're going to go talk, this is not a radio station. We're going to talk to you about 201 or 202, advanced talking to yourself. Not only should you talk to yourself, but notice a picture you have in your head or advanced advances, notice the movie you're playing out in your head. No, and when you become aware of that, more often than not, you play out a negative movie. Change the story. When you, rather than mistalk, recast the movie in a way that works out positively. For me, negativity works better as a motivator. When I think about what I don't want to eat, especially when I, at the end of the evening, when I want to take care of myself, I think about somebody that I've seen who is not the body type that I would like, and I imagine myself being twice as big as they. And then I imagine everybody sort of turning their back to me. And when I give myself a full dose of negativity about what would happen if I forget where I am and I become Dr. Marty the blimp, I decide it perhaps won't be the best idea in the world to have that extra piece of cake. Okay, another thing that will 
do you help you is do something that you enjoy that makes you feel good. It's not difficult. The better you make yourself feel, the better your self-image is going to be. So those are five things that you can do about this critical self-talk, about doing something that's positive, about surrounding yourself with people that are constructive. If you've tried all these five things and they don't work, well, that could be an indication that maybe that self-image is a little bit deeper. And the key for this is for the non-borderline personality to learn how to like themselves. And if you believe that people are worthwhile and other folks want to be around you, you have to feel pretty positive about yourself and so that you'll reach out people, you reach out for people that will be there for you. If you've tried to do all those above things that we're talking about, like I was just mentioning, it's time to go to another level. One of the things that therapy can help you with is it can help you to depersonalize, to step out of yourself, to the expression I hear is to have an out-of-body experience is learning how to detach yourself so when your spouse who's borderline goes to say something negative about you, how you learn to take it, I won't say don't take it personally, but don't take it as personally. Realize that they're doing it to be manipulative. They're doing it to gain control over you. And the less you let that ring in your ears, the less you are guided by intimidation of them, the better you are in terms of not letting them make you feel terrible. The other thing that I want to encourage you to do is learn anger reduction, not anger management. And one of the things I do when I get calls, I get calls for court and uh, domestic violence, etc. It is not managing your anger, it's reducing your anger. Remember that anger is powerlessness turned outward, where we have an effort to try and control somebody. Learning how to control your anger and equal in importance is learning how to deal with your partner's anger because a borderline personality is very dramatic and very aggressive and will throw a tantrum when they don't get what they want, will go into a rage, and the idea is not to be held hostage by their aggressive feelings. I have to share with you the other thing, though, is as we're talking about this negativity and the aggressive feelings, the one thing that is a tremendous antidote for any of this, making people feel good about themselves, I'm not going to tell you, but if you've listened to the program, you know where I'm going to be going with this. I'm going to give you a hint. Here's the hint. Woof, woof, meow, meow. How much is that dog in the window? Hi, this is Dr. Marty. As a pet owner myself, I'm very much interested in helping cats and dogs find their forever home. I want to encourage you to help a wonderful organization called New Beginnings in East Brunswick. There is a way you can help that to happen by volunteering, donating, or adopting a pet. You can reach them at 732-238-1348-732-238-1348. They're located at 706 Cranberry Road in East Brunswick. They're open on Tuesday and Thursday, 3 to 7 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 12 noon to 4. This small shelter does an amazing job using only volunteers. These people are really people who care. Please mark March 9th on your calendar from 7 to 9 p.m. with a night of shenanigans and a great time and a wonderful cause. You can find out more information on their Facebook page. Again, you can contact New Beginnings at 732-238-1348 and I promise you, you will feel better for it. Who of us can't use a little bit more love in our lives? How much is that? Dog in the All window. right. 
is a soft, warm kind of feeling. Wolf, wolf right back at you. Let's go back to business. Let's go back to what I promised in terms of dealing with borderline personalities. Here's the thing that anybody who knows anything about dealing with that kind of mindset talks about. It's called setting boundaries. One of the basic problems that a borderline personality has is that they go through past, they run over, they run past your boundaries. And the idea here is to learn how to set them. Now, the, uh, the behind that is, is a borderline personality has a very simple model. You're either for me or you're against me. They never consider the fact that you can have your own position. For example, in, our, in an instance that I'm going to talk about, Marianne, who has a borderline personality, she wants a new car. Her husband, Ralph, would like to get her a vehicle, but they're having some financial issues. Marianne believes that her husband does not want to buy a car because he is being cheap and he wants to punish her. Okay? Ralph has to learn to say it's not about trying to punish you. It's about making a decision so that we're okay and we're sound financially. The struggle here is that Marianne, the borderline personality, thinks that he is just making up an excuse rather than genuinely, genuinely saying, if we spend the money now, we will not have it later for other kinds of things. And to take that line and to hold it without answering it with her anger or her hysteria or her emotional bullying, to just hang in there. If you're going to find out about the other side of a borderline personality and being what they call codependent, there's a great book by a woman by, uh, Mel her name is Melanie Beattie. She wrote it years ago and she calls it Codependent No More codependent no more, learning how to set boundaries, learning to take care of yourself no matter what happens, no matter where you go, and the boundaries are rooted in the fact that we believe that we deserve to have our, our treated a certain way and deserve not to have people run over us. So unless you have built up your own self-image, what will happen over and over again is you'll feel violated. Ralph, whose wife is a borderline personality because he's uncomfortable with conflict, guess what he does? He goes along with it, spends the money, and then later on regrets the fact that he's made that decision. You know, learning to set a boundary while saying as an alternative to yes, not waiting until the, the finances get better, but saying we will do it a certain time or we can send, spend a certain amount of money is setting a limit without giving in all the time. All right, let's talk about another issue in addition to setting a boundary. Okay, here's another reason. People say, well, why do you stay with this person who is abusing you, who embarrasses you, who clearly is not behaving in a loving, caring way? Well, some people say, well, part of the difficulty is um, the person is, uh, doesn't know if they can find anybody better. And I think there's some truth to that, but it's deeper than that. There is a profound fear for all of us, and even more so with either a borderline personality or their partner. So the profound fear is fear of abandonment, fear that the person we care about, there will be nobody there for us at all. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely, I have nobody. For my own, I'm so lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely, 
Wish I had someone to call on Just hearing that makes us a little sad. And I know that I'm worried also. I don't want to be alone either. But do we let the fear of abandonment drive the whole quality of our life? That's a thing that oftentimes needs to be worked out. That's a dynamic that needs to be worked through with a third person, with a, with a counselor. Is that you're with the person because you want to be with them, not because you have to be with them or because you're paralyzed with fear that they are going to leave you. And here's a lever that the non-borderline person has. As scared as you are, so is your partner. And they begin to get very panicky and they ratchet up all the emotions when they feel like you're going to leave them. All right, let's talk about something else that you have to deal with as a partner of a borderline person. Dealing with conflict. How do you deal with conflict? How do you have relate to confrontation without becoming a borderline person, with, without becoming a, uh, a doormat? I will share with you another interesting book. Tonight's my night for other people's books. It's called Games People Play by Eric Byrne and talks about how you can set up and how you can deal with fighting and not get sucked into somebody else's conflict, how to deal with conflict. And by the way, one of the books I have written, what a coincidence, one of the books I've written is how to, de- how to negotiate with your partner because there is a way to negotiate with your partner, even with a borderline person. And in fact, when you d- stop negotiating and you start fighting, then what happens is you hide under an emotional rock and do not deal with the issues that have to be dealt with in any relationship. Now, along with that, in terms of how to negotiate, another thing to learn and needs to be taught more often in therapy than you can learn on your own is how do you empathize with your partner, with a parent, with a child without giving in? How do you go from conflict to empathizing? That's an important question. That's a skill that needs to be learned. Good therapy will identify the kind of responses that you need to do to deal with the resentment and the anger. The biggest mistake that non-borderline personalities make in therapy is they wait for the borderline personality to get the therapy. I can't tell you how many phone calls I get saying, my husband, my wife is, and they have all kinds of terrible things they do, and let me go check with them, see if they wanna come in. They don't wanna come in sometimes. They don't wanna come in because they don't wanna change the status quo. A large mistake is spending your time waiting for the other person to change. A large mistake is that you don't believe you have the leverage, that you have the power to change things. These two reasons, these rationalizations, they are poison to anybody's life and they'll ruin you. While you're waiting for your partner to change, the, the hours click away, the months click away, the years click away, and before you know it, your life clicks away while you're waiting for them to be different. So no matter who you see or what you do, I want to encourage you, if you're having a hard time with a partner, especially if they're a borderline person, don't wait for them to be different. I always talk about a rope, and if you hold two ends of a rope and one person lets go of the rope, you change the tension. The point being that you have more leverage and control than you think you have. If you'd want details about that at the site, yourmarriagecounselor.com, There is a video and a whole story about how you can exactly go about being able to influence your partner, even though your partner doesn't show up for therapy. Things that uh, need to be taught to somebody who has a borderline personality, let me give you some, some examples specifically of what you can do. In 
the, in the book. And also, I do this during therapy as well. So this is kind of like free therapy, even though it's not going to take the place because I'm going to go over seven steps to deal with someone who has borderline personality and to deal with the conflict. So let's start with the most difficult. Let me talk about those seven steps. So here, just like I said in the very beginning, here are specific things that you can do to deal with when there's tension, when you're beginning to have a fight. Here we go. One, take two deep breaths. Now I'd like you to do that right now while you're listening. I can't tell you how many people cheat and they breathe real quick. They go, and they blow it out. Just the act of taking two deep breaths slows down your metabolism, slows down your thinking, gives a chance for your brain to engage before your mouth starts to move and sounds come out of it. Take two deep breaths. Two, notice the physical sensations you're having. You know, you have it in your stomach. Most people, I know I have the tension in my shoulders and in my neck, but you may have it in a different place. So take the deep breaths, notice the physical sensations you're having. And then as you're doing that, just be mindful of that feeling. And as you're doing that, just allow that section to relax a little bit. All of this just takes a few seconds. Now, after you've taken some deep breaths, after you notice the physical sensation, step number three, how are you, ask yourself, how are you feeling? On a scale of one to five, how upset are you? And sometimes when I ask couples as they go, I'm a 12. If you're that high, it's time to disengage because anything that you say will escalate the fight. So now that you know how upset you are and you're at a two tops of three, listen to the conversation in your head like we were talking about before. Hear what it's saying to you, you know, and think about what you can say back to it so that you can calm yourself down and have a clear communication with the other person. If your partner berates you for coming home late by saying, I can't ever depend on you because, because you're late again, think about what you could tell yourself. You could say to yourself, I understand, I understand that he's angry, but I've not done anything that makes it okay for him to scream at me. I've not done anything that that's terrible. Once you've calmed yourself down, gone beyond either your rage or your guilt, you can answer on a more level playing field about saying, gee, I am sorry that I'm late, but it's not okay to yell at me. The idea here being is not letting, not letting the other person drive the emotionality of the exchange between the two of you. What I've been talking about is, you know, you can say to your partner, listen, either we talk about this or I'm not gonna talk to you anymore today or right now about this. You give your partner the choice. Setting limits like setting boundaries, saying you have a choice to your borderline partner. We can either talk about this in a way that's respectful or I'm not ready to talk about this now. And here's a very important piece. Any of the suggestions I get or anything that happens in therapy that they suggested, be prepared to do it over and over again. Realize when there's a new skill a lot of times when we're ice skating. I remember when I would take my kids ice skating and they would skate right across the ice and I would skate right on my backside. Yeah, that was how it worked out. I had to keep practicing until I got it. We have this microwave mentality that all of a sudden, so a therapist tells us something, we do it once and it works. The idea is to do it time after time after time. You have to be prepared to reinforce what's going on. You know, and you have to tough it out.
Okay, now that you've thought that, look for something. The next step is look for something that you can agree with or that you can at least understand the other person's point of view. Because them feeling like you have acknowledged them is an important part of the battle. The other thing is, is put things into perspective. You know, is the end of the world going to happen based on this discussion? You know, and how important is this really? How much do I have to, to um, win my point? How much do I have to convince the other person? Not getting overly involved in it. And again, let's go back to that old, the, the good old one of make sure that you set boundaries with the other person. So as you're doing all these other things, if you've tried A and B and C, go, let's not talk about it. Or let's agree to disagree agreeably. An important way of handling it. So just to go over the steps, take two deep breaths, notice your physical sensations, be mindful of how you're feeling, listen to what the voices in your, your head start to say, look for something that you can agree with, put things in perspective and think about how important the issue is. And lastly, don't forget to set boundaries. How to deal with conflict and you'd like to learn how to do that, what you'll be able to do is if you go to the yourmarriagecounselor.com site and one of the special offers I'm going to offer you is for free. I will be glad to send you my download book about how to negotiate with your partner. And though all of this stuff are things you can do, none of this is necessarily going to be a cure-all and sometimes you can shortcut the notion of therapy even though you do the other pieces try the five things i suggested first and if that doesn't work go to therapy and the important thing is to go to therapy with a certain mindset that no matter what the other person does no matter how they how loud they get no matter how upset they get at the end of the day you're still going to be okay Positive thinking. Thank you, Mama Cass, Cass Elliot. And I want to have this end of these things that you can do with this very difficult personality to realize that really the beginning starts with you. One of Dr. Marty's favorite sayings is to be able to do the right thing even when your partner doesn't. To be able to hold the line, to not be super aggressive. Easier said than done. But once you're able to do that, that's the key to the quality of your own life. So if you are curious about any of these things, you certainly can always reach me at drmarty at comcast.net. And you can give me a call at the same number for texting, 732-246-8484. Uh, I want to make an announcement. Is My time is unfortunately such that I do not have time to do this program on Tuesdays, but I will be doing other things. Look for me on WLD. So I'm not going to say goodbye. I'll say I'll see you in, in a different framework, but I'm looking forward to seeing you in WLD. And 
before I do that, I want to say thank you to Sean Ryan, the morning person, my um, engineer, my mentor in the radio field who's taught me a great deal, and most of all, my friend. Thank you, Sean. Without him, on so many levels, this program wouldn't have been what it is. And it is getting better together. And the other offer that I promised to make you at the end of, of the uh, program is if you just either, again, send me an email at drmarty, the, at the Comcast at comcast.net, or 732-246-8484. Either give me a phone call or send me a text, and I will be glad to send you any of the books. Just mention the fact that you're a listener, and it'll take you on your journey to having a healthy, better life, to being closer to the people that you love. So I'll end off with one of my favorite things that's really important. Be good to yourself, especially with those people that you love. Hold on to them because that's what life's all about. So for tonight, this is Dr. Marty saying good night and look forward to talking to you in a different way, but certainly we'll see each other again. and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.